Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Bursting the Bubble podcast. I am Pramit, joined by Andy Ishasan Rohit, and it is finally time to talk about basketball. There's been a yes, bit of a break. Basketball. Yeah, fantasy season got in the way. We had some fantasy drafts, but uh, it's basketball time now. And uh, I mean, a whole lot has happened since the last our last episode. Uh, the first round wrapped up. We had some crazy series there. And the second round is well underway. Uh, so let's start with the first round, I think, before we move on to the second. Um, I think the Nuggets and Jazz series was something that well, we predicted would be a tight one. Uh, but this was way more entertaining than I could have ever imagined. Uh, mainly because of two men, Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray. Uh, that was a hell of a matchup between those two. Yeah, yeah I mean, there were fireworks being spread all around. Um, and like, I'm pretty sure at one point, and maybe even like after Game Seven, like Mitchell was like shooting 57% from three point, and uh, and Murray was shooting like 54%, something outrageous. And like, they they set so many records during the series. Um, so like the record for most combined points by opponents in a playoffs series, uh, the record for the most three pointers in the series. So Donovan Mitchell uh, surpassed Steph Curry with uh, 33 and then Jamal Murray tied Steph Curry with uh, 32. Um, more, there's even more two or four players ever to have multiple 50 point games in the same series. And they're also the first two to ever have 50 points in the same playoff game. Man, that that series is very entertaining to watch, especially down the stretch. Maybe not not enough defense, but I, I can't complain. It didn't even feel honest. real, dude. Jamal Murray, the, the 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 hallmark play of that series wasn't even any three. It was just Jamal Murray doing a three sixty layup on Rudy Gobert. Like, yeah, that, that, was, that so was nice. That was such a wet play, and the, like the entire game, he was just balling out like that. Every shot he put up, you were like, that's probably gonna go in. Like, yeah. It, you were surprised if it missed at some point. I mean, feel like he he just willed them back like single handedly. Yeah, that was that a three. Was... That's a three one lead, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. And like, yeah. I feel like this new age of basketball is like just changed from like where you only shoot when you have like an open space, but like nowadays people are just shooting any shot that comes like to them, and they just like make it. Like you just expect them to at this point. How yeah. much do you guys think that the bubble and not having fans uh, allowed these shooters to lock in? Uh, oh, I think it helped tremendously. Yeah, I think it helped a lot, uh, especially for those like on the road or like in the theoretical road. Like, uh, like when you're on the road, there's just so so many things being like like we can't hear it on TV, but they can hear like um, like the jazz. Like there might be some like slurs being thrown out, like <laughs> from <laughs> field advantage. Oh my God. Yeah, it's just even just crowd noise is enough. Like, I feel like we didn't talk. Um, Obviously, not detracting anything from the Nuggets here. Coming back three one is is huge, but I think coming back from a three one deficit in the bubble is way easier than in an actual environment when you have to get these away games going. But the, it, um, since they were the higher seed, they would have had two home games, right? And like these guys weren't able to feel the juice of the crowd yeah, fuel yeah, their fifty true. point games. This was just organic fifty point yeah. game, right? So the same way you can you know say maybe yeah, it wasn't as hard better. on the road, that's true, that's true. It wasn't yeah. as easy at home. So I mean. I, I do think it's easier maybe not to get into a rhythm, but once you're in a rhythm, right? There's Walk just in, nothing yeah. that's... You're just playing basketball like at that point. There's no, no, yeah. no external factors. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I, I feel like, especially in the bubble, like the weaknesses of a team get exposed a lot more. And that's kind of what you saw in the 
in the um, in the East, right? Like the the Sixers got swept. Like I, I feel like if they were playing at home, you know that that home Sixers crowd is like they had a pretty Sixers. nasty home away split all year. Yeah, I, think, I, I did see that. I, I think they only won like nine games on the nine road games on road. Yeah, Which, so you, you kind of saw that in the bubble, like. They were they were not doing anything that series, and like even the Pacers Heat series, we thought would be you know kind of close, but then like th- that that gap just like widened. I think, with yeah, I think no that fans. one was just because the Pacers just simply had no one. TJ Warren they were, they were cooled down. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So what yeah, do you, I feel like oh, go ahead, in these series, yeah, in these series, we see a lot of back and forth where like people can't really gather momentum because there aren't technically any home games, so they don't have those like two games in a row where they can just gather momentum and continue like. Usually teams go back and forth, like the Clippers and Mavs, or like even in the Nuggets and Jazz series as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. I think the Thunder Rockets would be a better example of back and forth. Actually, the Thunder and Rockets probably the worst example because all the home teams won in that series. Like oh, even the unofficial. Really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They went, the technical went, home teams. Went two zero, two two, three two, three three, uh, but, three. Yeah, I feel like I think you're it's just like your point there. It's just easier for the losing team to regroup because it's not like you don't have to travel, you don't have to do all this other stuff, and it's the same environment that you were in before. So you can, uh, it's like just another game. You can just completely reset. Uh, I thought it was insane. I thought Jokic was solid throughout, um, and I think this second round he's going to need to step up because yeah, Murray put him up. on his back. Yeah, yeah, and Murray, like I feel like he's gassed, man. After that, that game. Game six, when he gave that that post game interview and he was like sitting in the tunnel, he looked like gassed. <laughs> Did man. you see him ask about when they were playing the Clippers? Yeah, match? and game yeah. seven he after he was like, "Man, we only get one game, one day of break." Like, I don't know. I think um, we'll talk about this more later, actually, in the in our Nuggets Clippers analysis. So I'll save yeah. that for then. Yeah, yeah uh, I think a good thing for teams as well is that they're in the same location, so that they don't have to like travel at all, and they can just. You know, wake up the next day and then go to the same court and you know do the same stuff. So I think it's a that business also trip. Yes, it's a business, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jimmy. Yeah, real quick, I, I want to point out that I feel like Murray's performance might be like a uh, might be a little bit better than Donovan's because uh, not to take away from like his Mitchell's performance, but like Jamal Murray was going up against Rudy Rudy Gobert at the rim. Who was Donovan Mitchell going up against? Nikola Jokic, like. Uh, yeah, I feel defensively, like, uh, it's not. It's like a also, lot easier to score. also like on on both ends, Rudy Gobert doesn't come out and you know protect against the three ball. So that's why this man was shooting fifty seven percent or fifty four percent from three. And Jokic can't play defense on the perimeter either. So they'll just run a pick and roll, isolate on these centers who can't move in space, and then just drain shit, dude. So. Okay, so so do you think Mitchell had a more impressive performance? Dude, I can't compare these performances, but I think I think Mitchell's was the more what is the word yeomans. He's doing he's doing yeoman's work. It's like just put the entire team, oh, on the entire team, on your yeah, back, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. That's, like, what, that's what I felt. Jamal about. Murray, like as good as he did, you know, he also had Jokic, who played much much better than Rudy Gobert, in my opinion. No, the question I want to ask is, um, um, in the future now that the Nuggets are still in those playoffs, whose team is this currently? Murray's or Jokic's? I don't think it matters. I think this team is built around Jokic, but Jamal Murray is a very very excellent piece to have next to Jokic, but it's built with Jokic in mind. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Like, um, yeah, I, I think Pramuth was just about to say, like, before this series, like, I, primarily Jokic was still the point center, like, always directing the flow of traffic. Like, he basically was the point guard of this team 
like Jamal Murray, like he he has been good, but I I don't think he's necessarily stepped up to this point before. So mm-hmm. I, I still think it's a bit of Jokic's team. Yeah, sure. I was just about to say that. Like I, I think that we might have unrealistic expectations for Murray heading into this series coming up because I feel like he played like out of his mind in the last series, and I don't think he's been the most consistent uh, in terms of like what you think of players like like just looking back to this season like Luca. Uh, and or like Harden or whatever guys who put up numbers every single night uh, it feels that way because Murray was putting up numbers every single night in that series but uh, throughout the season that wasn't the kind of player he was um, so it was really great that he stepped up for the Nuggets there but I don't think the Nuggets can rely on him to step up to that same level here against we'll talk about it more in the, against the Clippers but yeah uh, I still think it's Jokic's team still means it was a great series though that was yeah that was insane one of the uh, more entertaining series uh, in recent yes. memory, but uh, there was a more entertaining first round series. No, I don't know about more. I think they're pretty much so? the same. I don't think so, man. I, 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 I feel like Thunder Rockets is more entertaining. You're just saying that because of Dort, dude. Dort is <laughs> literally because of Dort. You know, I, you know, yeah, that's fair. I might have a little bias here, but yeah, I, I, I love Dort. I'm just man. happy they both went to seven, man. The East is so boring. They all finish their shit up quickly. You know, these guys yeah. play with their food. You know, that's fun. Uh, all right let's talk about the thunder rocket series then um we can talk about rohit was the man who was big on cp3 big on him carrying go right like this is exactly exactly what happened i mean i thought it was faded that this thunder team was gonna win like i was so surprised when that when that inbound was fumbled by steven adams first of all why is it going to steven adams at the three-point line but anyway like i i just thought it was like written in destiny that CP3 would like hit a three pointer over James Harden or some shit like that, some ridiculous thing. But uh, I guess this is this is the ceiling of a Thunder team, and they shouldn't feel sad at all. I mean, I know a lot of teams like the Lakers and the the Clippers are in championship or bust mode. The Thunder are not in championship or bust mode. They were just trying to put a quality product out there this season, and they more than succeeded on that. Like they got their fans involved. It's always nice being an underdog because you'll consistently overachieve. And man, I, I I think this Thunder front office couldn't be happier with the season that they put together. Yeah, one thing I think the odds for the Thunder making it to the playoffs in the beginning of the season was I think one point three percent. One point four percent, as every single TV commentator wants to point out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But like they they did it. But like once they were here too, right? Like they could have just rolled over. But you know, CP three is real shit. Um, CB3 is built different, man. He's built different. He's built for this clutch moment and stuff like that. You know, like all those cliches and stuff. He really was. He was just carrying them on that game six and then game five and game six, I think, over Covington. We'll talk about him later, but he would just ISO on Covington, drop, drain a three in his face, and then slap him on the butt and say, hey, <laughs> good work, buddy. But Good work, good work, <laughs> champ. Next time, sport. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. When when you said CP3, I was I was a little bit skeptical because you still had like Schroeder and uh, SGA contributing big time points for them. But you know, watching this series, I I really get it. Like CP3's like leadership, especially like um down this or like at the beginning of probes, Game Seven, especially dude. he probes yeah, so yeah. well. That that too. Like I, I'm pretty sure he had like a 25 point game with zero turnovers. That's that's a leader right there. That's your point god right there. 
Um, and then, like, at, at the beginning of Game 7, Dort wasn't shooting anything at, at the three-point line. He was being really hesitant. Uh, he he got called for a couple of travels. And the uh, CP3 just took him under his wing. Shoot your shot. Be confident. And then um, 30 points. Well, I'll talk about that a little bit later. But, yeah. Talk like, about that now, bro. I know you want yeah, to talk about now. Dort. Okay. Just pull me yeah, back okay. in. Just let it out, bro. Yeah, okay. Uh, I talked about this last time. Man, um, Dort is is fun to watch uh on defense and he kind of showed up in a big way for the thunder on uh during game seven he scored 30 points the most by an undrafted rookie uh i think he also joined uh some some guys named kobe and michael jordan on like the most 25 points scored by a dude 21 or under i i don't know what the exact stat line is but what he joined those those two guys you're doing something right um like and of course, uh, the main reason they brought him in was to defend James Harden, and like, uh, like consistently, I feel like he's always with Harden. Um, there was a couple of stretches where Harden torched him a little, but you know, it, it's it's still Harden. But like, Dort was amazing for the Thunder, and yep. I don't think they go to seven without him. One of the one of the perks, I guess, of being a Warriors fan is you get to watch the Rockets lose in the playoffs every year. And every year I see the Warriors, you know, defend James Harden with really good defenders like Iguodala, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green. And none of those guys have ever stayed in front of Harden without fouling as well as Dort has. Like, what he did this series, like, I've never seen Harden get shut down like that. And from from yeah. a person who just loves defense and one-on-one defense, he just he just ate his lunch every day. Oh my god! Yeah, it's actually crazy. I mean, he. I think was he in the G League. I think he was in the G League. They actually went and, to the same uh, college. They both went to Arizona State. Yeah, Arizona uh, State. Yeah. Dort and Harden and, worked yeah, out. I don't know over the summer together. So they're boys. Yeah, I don't know how they were so confident. Like they had, they, they had the confidence that he would be able to do this against one of the greatest scores in this league, and he just came in and just did it from like day one. Yeah, it's, it's it feels like such a such a hidden gem that they were just stashing away for this moment, like yeah, a trap card. Just activated that trap card and almost it almost just led to a victory in the series. It should have, man. For the, yeah. for, for the narrative. Can you imagine the narrative? Ava hey, Harden got the last laugh on that with yeah. that block. That was... Uh, wasn't, wasn't a laugh. <laughs> I didn't yeah. see Harden laughing too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think um, the interesting thing about this series is that Harden obviously couldn't play his best, but the Rockets still won. Uh, and I didn't think it was possible for the Rockets to win a series if Harden isn't the main guy doing everything. We saw Covington step up huge, uh, especially in Game Six, Game Seven, uh, and like Westbrook had a pretty terrible Game Six. Um, but <laughs> each prediction almost came true. He came back and almost threw the game away for them, yeah. like, <laughs> the series away for him. But I mean, the fact that the Rockets could win this series with Dort kind of like doing a number on Harden, I think was, is very telling. Um, I think they could be better than what I think of them. At least I feel like, I, I feel like I was underrating them just kind of considering that Harden would carry them the whole way through, but that might not need to happen. With the supporting cast. Yeah. I mean like, they, cause especially like Covington, uh, who else? Like, Tucker wasn't shooting. Eric Gordon. Gordon, was Gordon, was shooting Gordon went off and... though. Eric Gordon or like, uh, not went off, but like he played really well in Game Seven, and game seven, also too. like as far as like Harden, I feel like he started realizing like yeah, my shot is just not going to go in Game yeah. Seven. Uh, he took, I'm pretty sure he took like two or three shots the entire fourth quarter, but then he actually stepped up on defense, and 
I'm not one to praise James Harden, but um, like he he did really well when when it counted. Um, I I feel like I always count the Rockets out because the Warriors always eliminate them. But you got to remember the Warriors are an all time great team. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, two underrated players definitely on the Rockets were P.J. Tucker, obviously, with his rebounding and his effort, and as well Jeff Green, I think, did really well. His three-point shooting definitely um, was shown in that series, as well as his ability to guard big men. So I think those guys were really important as well. Yeah, um, yeah Jeff Green was shooting lights out from three this season. Yeah, this series. I think like pretty close shooting percentages to uh, Mitchell and Murray. Yeah. Uh, so what do you guys think is going to happen to the Thunder now? Like you said, didn't have super high expectations. They way overachieved what they were expected to do. Uh, I, I think like, I think Chris Paul's trade value is as high as it's ever been, considering the largeness of his contract. Uh, I could see teams like the Bucks or the Sixers, someone who needs like you know a floor general, someone who can create their own shot, uh, and in a, in a in a tight situation, those guys are definitely going to come calling. And it's up to the Thunder, you know. They they have this uh, insanely good asset, but he doesn't fit their timetable at all. So they can string him out for the next two years, let it run its course, and enjoy the mentorship that he provides to SGA, Schroeder, and the rest of this young core. But they have five first round picks. They're not winning a title in the next two years. So yeah, they should. I I think they can you know milk Chris Paul for all he's worth right now. He's done good for them. He'll go somewhere else, and they'll they'll bank more assets. I think that's that's what they should do. I don't know if they will. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Those four, five first-round picks aren't probably going to pan out considering they're from the Clippers, who are right now one of the best teams in the league. Um, Not all of them. Some of them for the Rockets, who are also good, but sure. Yeah, um, yeah. I think they can definitely build around SGA and Schroeder, have them as their you know ball handlers, and then try to give them support. But yeah, Chris Paul is not the answer right now. So I think, yeah. Can one of y'all explain to me why Steven Adams was so bad this series? Dude, no, I simply can't explain how big men can't just dunk all over the Rockets. It just never happens, ever. Okay, here, here's what I saw. Um, like, basically, uh, the, the Rockets tried to deny the ball into, like, deny the ball off, like, sorry, deny Steven Adams the ball every single time. And... Um, I feel like more often than not, when the Thunder guards would try to force it into him, some some lengthy Rockets defenders, some PJ Tucker, Robert Cummington, Jeff Green would get their mitts on the ball and uh, and grab it away. But I also I'm feel even, like like see the thing I think Prem is talking about is not necessarily offense created for him, but like places where he should dominate, like the glass, yeah. offensive rebounds, tip-ins, dunks, all in the paint, like. Yeah, like Come we, on. we I we saw talked, so many times. About, yeah, yeah, we talked about Tucker like doing a great job with the rebounding. Like how? How did he do? No, a great I simply job don't. I don't understand how they do it. Like every every time, even when they first started doing the small ball, I was like, how are they going to rebound? But like every team they play who has big men, they still match them in rebounds somehow. Yeah, I just don't understand how that works. I just don't think Stephen. Okay, I, I honestly, good. I honestly think like the Rockets. And, like, a lot of teams do this now. Like, they exaggerate a lot of contact. Like, you barely touch them. They'll just fall down to the ground. Like, like you hit them with, hit them like Zion Williamson or something. And... You sound like I, a I real honestly, Warriors fan right now, Andy. <laughs> no, I, I'm honestly kind of frustrated that, like, 
big man can't dominate because you just have flopping all over the place. I mean, from um, what I saw from Steven Adams, there's like a couple lasting images. And I don't know, it's just this random play from game six. Here's a rebound. He gets his hands on it. And he goes back up. Like he's, I think he's at the circle and he goes for like a floater. Like you're seven foot and PJ Tucker is six five. Fucking dunk it on him, bro. <laughs> Come on. Why are, you, why are you going for a floater in this situation? Like it's just, it, that's on him. I didn't see a whole bunch of flopping. I'm sure. I mean, if you're looking for it, you're always going to find it with the Rockets. But that's. I think that's unacceptable for Stephen Adams to be paid. I think twenty two, twenty three million dollars a year to to just not produce like this. Yeah, it felt like he was just missing shots that he just should be making over bigger dudes or over smaller dudes. So yeah, twenty five million dollars a year, by the way. Yeah, twenty five million dollars a year. Yep. To really? do that, yeah. I mean, who else are they going to pay, though? <laughs> I mean, that, they they signed that contract back when they had Russ, Paul George, you know, all these other uh-huh. guys. So, I mean, they were going to pay other people. Whatever. Uh, any other notable points on this series? I mean, Gallinari played pretty well, I think. Uh, he's a good but piece. It's, yeah, he's a good piece. Uh, I don't know. It, I, it was a good series. I think... Obviously, it could have gone either way. When it goes down to like the final play, like that, would you would you have preferred the Thunder win this series? And everyone, the Lakers? I wanted the Thunder to win the series, but I want the Rockets to play the Lakers. If that makes sense, right? No, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, um, that's for, we all wanted to. Obviously, see you cannot Chris have Ball. that. So yeah. <laughs> we all wanted to see Chris Paul like get his revenge. Yeah, um, but yeah, yeah, but but the Rockets uh, Lakers would be a more exciting series. Yeah, definitely. As you kind of saw, as we kind of saw today. Speaking yeah. of the uh, Rockets, Lakers. Rockets and Lakers, well, let's uh, head on over to the second round. Then, uh, one of the matchups in the West, Rockets Lakers. Game one was today, and the Rockets won. What a wonderful, wonderful kind thing. of kind of a beatdown. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I mean, what it was must the final have been because the Lakers are, came off a grueling yeah. seven game series <laughs> and they were tired. <laughs> They're oh, rusty, wait. man. They were They're rusty. They rested too much. Yeah, so the Rockets won by 15 today. Uh, Harden had a big game, 36 points. Russ also had a 20, 20-something, 24. Yeah, 24 points. Ishus, are you worried? Um, I mean, not yet. But, I mean, I can't really <laughs> complain about anything because, like, they, didn't, they obviously did not deserve to win that game at all. Um, but I was... Okay, one problem I definitely had... I don't understand... Uh, with this, again, with the small ball, like... Is should Dwight Howard really be on the court against five small dudes in the Rockets? No. There yeah, <laughs> I mean, like they were playing so much. Uh, they stuck with their big men in this matchup, and it. I think it just bit them in the ass. Like, yeah, I mean, like Anthony Davis didn't even play well. No, I mean, okay, obviously AD didn't play well, but I think AD should still be on the court because he can, like, yeah. at least he has some mobility. But Dwight, dude, Dwight was, and he ended up on James Harden sometimes. Like, that's straight free points at that point. Yeah, like there's no way, and he's getting like pulled. And the thing is, like PJ Tucker can shoot, right? So Dwight's like on PJ Tucker in the corner. Like that's literally a waste of like opportunity, or like waste of like like someone else could be in there, you know, that could yeah. actually defend the three. I th- I think so. I I think they're thinking the same deal as like these guys are so small. Just put a big guy on there, and it's free points for them on the other end. But it's just not happening because somehow, some way, PJ Tucker is able to defend these big guys. Additionally, Eric Gordon was on LeBron for about 20 minutes tonight, and LeBron only had 20 points. 
Uh, I saw, I think there's a lot of clips of LeBron trying to post up PJ Tucker on the internet, but like still LeBron should not only have 20 points against this team. He should, I remember when he was on the Cavs, he would just impose his will on the Raptors, impose his will on the Celtics, just post up all day. You can't stop that LeBron and you can't, you can't, this is, this is his job. You know, when you're, you're faced with some gimmicky type team, the, the team with the best player should definitely just go to them. Feed LeBron. Yeah, yeah he had I, he had uh, zero points on three shots in the fourth quarter today. I mean, I, yeah. that must have been because it was a blowout, maybe. But no, it was pretty close. It was like the Lakers points. just looked like 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 gone, like no no motivation during the fourth quarter, especially. I, They're I don't know what's man. happening. They're regrouping yeah, for that I second. Mean, Second game, yeah. I'm still. I, think, I, I won't be worried until they lose the next one. If they lose the next one, then you, know, you never know. What's yeah, happening. yeah. Dude. LeBron's in extra playoff mode. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think the concept there was that. Um, I think the Rockets. What they mostly do a lot is they have their small men, but they all like jump into the paint as soon as someone tries to like drive or get in there. So I mean, it was definitely difficult for LeBron, and they just tempted him with open shots to his teammates, and his teammates obviously like didn't deliver. I'm guessing AD didn't do well. Danny Green was, you know, being Danny Green as usual. So, I mean, yeah, I think definitely everyone else didn't play well either. Because I think LeBron is doing very well. Like, he was getting his um, teammates in good scenarios for them to score. They were just not hitting their shots. Yeah, that's kind of what LeBron does in game one. We, we've called it, you know, playing with his food. But that's probably what he's doing, actually. He's trying to get his teammates in rhythm because he knows he can turn it on whenever he wants. But... To, if he really wants to make this easy for him, if he wants to win in five instead of seven, Danny Green needs to hit his shots. So he'll he'll feed Danny Green a little bit. He'll feed KCP, Kuzma. And, you know, if they can't do it, then he'll come back on him like it's always been. And he, he'll handle it. But, but I mean, the, I, what I wanted, like, dude, the big man thing, I just don't understand. Like, even, like, I don't know that much about basketball, but even to me, that makes no sense. Like To have just to Howard on the court. Yeah, or even JaVale. I mean, JaVale is having trouble as well. Um, what I... Yeah, what I really wanted was um, to have like LeBron be the tallest guy, so that they could have like like Kuzma is mobile like, as well. You, you still or have Anthony AD. Davis on the yeah. court, yeah, or AD, AD as well. Um, you know, like KCP, Danny Green, those guys can guard, and then even when they're um, on offense, they can have shooters on the outside who hopefully will make their shots so that the Rockets can't, you know, like a just small them. ball of their own, basically with yeah. AD at the five and LeBron. Yeah, what I saw, I mean, so. Obviously, the Thunder, you didn't expect them to do well, but what I saw them do a lot that was really successful in their series was just they had shooters who made their shots, and that way it just ended, you know, like SGA and so Schroeder. Making, were, making your shots is a good yeah, recipe yeah, for but like, It was also that, like, Schroeder, like, it was Schroeder and SGA were super quick in getting into the paint that they could just, like, quickly get in and make their layups, which I think the Lakers were a little slow in getting. They just don't have those kinds of players. That's Dennis Schroeder's entire career. Right. Yeah, I think the Lakers don't have enough guard power to do right, right. an effective small ball lineup. Like, like KCP is like a okay three and D player. Danny Green has been really struggling with his uh with the three part of the three and D. Um, and then who who do you who else do you have? Like, um, Rondo. I guess Rondo, Rondo can contribute a Rondo, lot. Rondo, I mean, it was Rondo's his first game. Gonna, yeah, yeah, it was his first game, so I don't know. He was kind of rusty a little bit. Um, Caruso is also there, so I mean, hopefully, I think Caruso should be the main, like he should be their like good. He should be their best guard in the series with his athleticism. But I don't know. If we have a little time, yeah, I, 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 I would like to talk about Mike D'Antoni. I've been reading a, a little bit of rumors that like 
this is his last year on the Rockets and they're trying to ship him. That makes absolutely no sense to me. Have I brought this up before? Because I feel no. like I feel like I'm always thinking this. Why would the Rockets? Mike D'Antoni is literally the perfect coach for James Harden. He's maximized him for the last four or five years. And yeah, sure, they, they didn't haven't done anything because they've run into the buzzsaw of the Warriors. But like that doesn't mean that you, you ship him off and you, you start over with a different coach. Like, what are you guys' opinions on Mike D'Antoni? Yeah, I think what's interesting, um, just a small fact, um, the way his contract is structured is I think he gets like a base, like five or six million dollars, and then he gets paid a million dollars for every series he wins. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think I heard that somewhere. That's cool. But like I, I just don't understand why a team like the Rockets would move on from such a innovative, you know, exciting, a coach that tries new things. Like there's so many coaches in this league who just chill with the status quo and they would not at all be the best to maximize Harden's prime. And you have Mike D'Antoni in your lap, an offensive genius, and who's done really, really well for this team. Why why are you letting him go? I mean, the only thing I can think of is I'd see some thing to like how the uh, when the Raptors fired Dwayne Casey because they would get to the playoffs second round every time or whatever. But or the Warriors fired uh, Mark Jackson. But like, yeah, or the Warriors. Those guys, those guys were not Mike Dan- Mike D'Antoni's level of offensive mind. Mike D'Antoni has consistently led you know the best offensive teams in basketball, and it, like Dwayne Casey wasn't wasn't like doing anything innovative or cool, and they got Nick Nurse and he started like. I don't know, doing cool shit, right? So, um, I mean, but how many rings does Antonio have to show for it, though? None. I'm, okay, the thing is, none. you're running into the Warriors, like... Every year, like, no one... I can't ...which in the Western Conference that has a ring in the last five years. None. <laughs> Why is that? I wonder, right? Jeez. Exactly. Like, when's the last time a Western Conference team won that's not the Warriors or the Spurs? Like... The Mavs, yeah. right? The, the Warriors have eliminated the Thunder in four out of the last five years. No, Rockets, 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 Rockets. You said oh, Thunder. Yeah. Sorry, did I say? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. You, yeah. You know what I meant. Yeah, yeah but, but like, yeah, like, I, like that's, it's that's the Warriors, why, man. That's why I hate the rings argument, especially for coaches like these guys. Like, they're just running into dynasties. <laughs> Maybe Mike D'Antoni doesn't, you know, have have the power to beat Steph Curry, but that shouldn't be your job. I don't think Antonio's strategy is going to win against the Warriors because he's basically his, every time they've gone into that series, they've tried to not outshoot. much wins against the Warriors, man. <laughs> they've just yeah. they've tried to outshoot them every time, and you're never going to outshoot the Warriors. I so, mean, like, but you can't fault the him for. I think not I think he yeah I think he did what he could with his personnel. Like James Harden is going to thrive in that, so I mean you can't fault him. So I just I just find it boggling that a team with such a good coach and such a seemingly on the pay on 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 surface level uh star player head coach fit is willing to throw that away and start again with i don't know freaking yeah no it, it doesn't make sense to me kenny atkinson <laughs> <laughs> no no disrespect no, to kenny but... all right uh let's move on to the another uh western, western conference, conference series here yeah so we just talked about the nuggets fest. yeah i mean this one's not as interesting uh clippers and nuggets I don't know. I think that's only because the Nuggets are just dead. We talked about it a little bit before. These guys went all out in their first round, and the Clippers got that extra game uh, off. Uh, I feel like that is really showing right now. Kawhi is uh, popping off. Kawhi will, and he will continue to. He's and just Jamal so good. <laughs> I, yeah. He's so good. Like. Every, everything's automatic for him like defensively yeah. automatic offensively 
you can't stop his strength and his mid range. Twelve for sixteen, and like twenty five yeah. points on that, like thirty points. It's just another day at work. You were mentioning before we recorded. Yeah. Just just clock in and clock out. Just drop a easy twenty nine to thirty four <laughs> points. It's just uh simple. This is consistency. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think in in this series, going back to what I was uh, foreshadowing with the Jamal Jokic thing. Jamal Murray's not going to have the best series this year simply because he's a perimeter player. And the strength of this Clippers defense is on the perimeter. They have Pat Bev, they have uh, Paul George, they have Kawhi. So I think this is a series where Jokic really has to step up and just dominate inside against Zubac, who's a decent center, but not he can't stop Jokic offensively. And even run the offense through Jokic in the post. The Clippers aren't built to stop that, I think, in my opinion. No, I think I think um, Zubac is pretty underrated in the post. And in yeah, the I, I agree with that. But lot. I don't think I don't um, think he's on the level of Jokic, and I think that's no, a good, way better Jokic. matchup than Jamal versus Kawhi or Paul Yo- George. I think I mean Jokic's strength is his ability to like his passing ability, especially, and I think yeah. So run the offense through Jokic, not through Jamal yeah, Murray. but on the paint. Uh, I mean, I think they might need to try to like bring him out so that he can try to make maybe shoot shots or. Because I don't think he's going to beat Zubac in the paint. I'm just um, saying run the offense from the yeah. inside out, not necessarily yeah. from the outside in. Yeah, because... I, I think I think Rohit's point here was that relative to the like Jamal Murray versus right, the, right. the the trio of uh, the Clippers defenders, like I, I uh, like Jokic is still a better Jokic versus Zubac or whoever whoever else the Clippers have. Michael um, Porter Jr. Better... versus Marcus Morris. <laughs> Paul Millsap. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, okay, I don't know if this is a super hot take, though, back to Kawhi, um, but I think I would rather have playoff Kawhi on my playoff team than any other player in the league if I'm making a playoff run. Like you're, we're talking Kawhi. strictly playoffs here. No, I, playoffs. I mean, it doesn't, yeah, we, we should only be focusing on playoffs, but I think the, the reason yeah. why is that he's just scheme proof, anything proof, right? You, you put yeah. Curry on a team, you know, you need, you need a whole bunch of other shit to do well. You put Kevin Durant on a team, maybe he doesn't. He can be stopped, but Kawhi is just and his defense too. Dude. He'll just like he'll execute in a vacuum. He'll execute regardless yeah. of who's around him. He'll make the entire team better. I'm sure he's a uh, good leader. I mean, I don't know how much Kawhi gets his players into the game. So we, we can't see have, that. Would you rather have LeBron? I'm, you know who I'm going to say, right? Yeah, like, LeBron. Okay. like, okay, tell me, would Kawhi lead that Cavs team that you know made it without like Kyrie? I mean, we that haven't like, seen it, but Kawhi. Oh, the last year, the, the last. Year. I mean, that that Spurs team uh, in the 2016-2017, they didn't have much at all that year. Yeah, Lamarcus Aldridge. What do you mean? Dude, he wasn't. Yeah, like, uh, the Cavs had Kevin Love. I, I, I think yeah, but, like that roster was pretty solid. I think yeah. it was not. And yeah, Lamarcus was playing really well that season. I, Lamarcus I was playing really that. well. Like that that roster, especially with Popovich, was doing really well. Um, uh, and I think like when you see, dude, when you see LeBron play in the playoffs. Everything is so calculated, and he does—he does, he does exactly—he knows exactly what he needs to do to get his teammates um, the open shots. So I think he's better for your team if you have a bunch of scrubs. Hmm. Okay, I, I the reason I say so the whole thing about like LMA was good back then, yeah, but that was also back before Kawhi. I think had elevated to the superstar level, right? He was really good back then, but he wasn't like a top three player. I think that, in the was, NBA. that was the first year he was like a top three player in the NBA. Oh, yeah. That, that 2016, 2017 so, year. Yeah, so he I, really I came think on. now, like, I think he's better than he was. I think he's better now than he was back then. Yeah. And if he was able to carry a team of that value, sure, it might not have been as bad as, as LeBron's supporting cast. If he was able to do that back then, 
I think now he could do it with a worse team. And I think just watching him these past few games, dude, it's like his defense is so good. And his offense, his, his mid-range game is just unstoppable. And he can drive to the hoop in like two steps and he's at the basket already. So it's, I don't know. I don't see how any team could, um, I, I, LeBron would be like the only uh, argument against, I think. I think everyone I, mean, I would take LeBron. Like, yeah, I'd rather, we know you would. Yes. No, I mean, okay, let me just, I mean, what do you think his best playoff performance was? Like, give me like a top two if you want. Who, Kawhi's? Kawhi's, yeah. Uh, let's see. Anyone Against the Bucks, that series was insane. He was on half like, a leg, and he just give me like one game though, not a series, just a game. Game. The thing of, with Kawhi I, is, I I don't think you can pinpoint a game, right? Dude, the thing is, yeah, just, like okay, when it comes to LeBron, dude, like do you like you remember game one of the two thousand? Yeah, obviously, yeah, game one. I think that's just because LeBron has been in the spotlight for so long. He's yeah. the best dude, that's player not just in the spotlight, dude. That's not just a spotlight, dude. He literally put his scrub of a team in the like it's like he literally like l- went in his mind and looked at 14 million possible ways that they that the thing could go on and he found the one way that they could win and he literally literally put it on the thing dude it's like dude no like he, that game was insane like it's very straight he, he straight calculated every single move that he needed to make and like he was so calm with five seconds left and he like made the perfect pass to Georgia yeah. but like yeah like no, I just I, I, yeah I, I think Braun is playoff Braun is still the best thing you can have. Yeah, I'm just excited. This conversation just has me excited for round three of the West. Yeah, man, playoff Braun is a playoff shit, dude. We can well, have that's, a, yeah. that's we assuming can have a nice, nice conclusive answer after that series. Well, that's assuming yeah. the Lakers. Real, real quick, uh, real quick yeah. before we move on to the next series, like I, I haven't feel like I've seen like Kawhi in a pressure situation where like you see. Um, you see teams scheming around him where they're like double teaming him consistently, like what you, what you see with Curry all the time. Like I, I feel like I haven't seen the um, the ability to be a facilitator from Kawhi enough. To, he averaged six to assists this year, which is pretty good. He he went up two three assists. I, I from mean, last yeah, year. that's good. But like like LeBron averages a damn triple double. They're different like, players, man. Like the like the yeah, Clippers but, have like, different p- players and. They don't need Kawhi to be a facilitator. LeBron is their point guard, so of course. So, so you're assist. saying like if, like you're saying that Kawhi can step up and be the facilitator if he needs to be a facilitator. I'm to. sure he can. Okay, you know? I, I haven't seen it yet, so I, I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I think. Extrapolate I think the, here. the reason why you haven't seen it because he hasn't needed to. It's much harder to double a player like Kawhi, who who as opposed to Curry. You can trap Curry in the pick and roll and stuff like that. But Kawhi just comes up. You know what he's going to do. He's going to get to his spot. You can help off of him for shooters, but it doesn't matter, right? His game is just based off of isolation in the mid in the mid range, and that's very hard to double there. There's already going to be people there. The paint is already packed. He just executes anyway. Yeah, I yeah. think he's mostly a shoot first type of player. Yeah, so I don't just, see. I don't think there's anything. It's not a bad thing. Yeah, it's just yeah. It's like KD, right? Same idea. Yeah, like no, that's what I was thinking. I think he's a KD that can play defense. Yeah, that's KD. That was my comparison. I I was so excited last year for that KD uh, Kawhi finals because I thought they were both you know playing out of their minds. Uh, Kevin Durant was dropping fifty, like every other game for the Warriors or forty against the Clippers and stuff, and Kawhi was also tearing through the East, and then. uh, Kevin Durant did some tearing of his own, so. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, KD. That's cold. All right, let's move on to the East uh, because 
there have been some big surprises there. Uh, let's first talk about the Celtics Raptors. Uh, the Celtics started off two games to none, and then they came in game three, almost won that one. But OG Anunobi said no. He said, "I'm taking this this game for the Raps." He says, and, "I don't uh, shoot to miss." That's such I a said, gangster quote, dude. I, know, dude. <laughs> I don't so shoot good. trying to. I, I mean, don't... like. But, like, what does he do when he misses, like, you know, 60% of his shots, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> Dude, I, I love how calm he was that entire – I just I, I was just looking more into, like, his post-game interviews. Yeah, and I saw that shit. Yeah. Shot. Dude, it was beautiful. I, his demeanor is so funny. It's so good. Yeah, he's, like, like casually walked off after he – After he hit that – and then Kyle Lowry day. was just like excited. He was so, so happy, excited. Dude. He was so Have <laughs> you guys seen that photo? Yeah. That... I mean, what do you say? He's he straight like the season. Yeah. Like, well, of course he should be jumping up for joy. What do you mean? No, but I mean, the, the guy who made the shot didn't care. Like, yeah, it, it's, it's just a contrast, dude. It's like, yeah. oh, she's like, yeah, just another day in the park. Another day. Yeah. I mean, I get hyper at the park. Are you kidding me if I hit that shot? <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, I think I was like watching lecture during that. <laughs> I started yelling in the middle of lecture. Yeah. Oh my god! But I still think that the Celtics—they're—they're they're clearly the better team right now. And as much as Nick Nurse and Brad Stevens are really, really good coaches, Tate, Jason Tatum is the best player in this in this series, and uh, it's showing. He's dropping yeah. casual thirties, man. Like whenever he wants, he can get a bucket. The rest of his team is also extremely, extremely good. And the strength of the Raptors, which is their depth, their team defense, doesn't really apply to the Celtics when they have scrappy fellows like Marcus Smart and yeah. uh, a, a solid six-man rotation that they don't need to lengthen. So I think this series is over, honestly. Five or six games, it doesn't really matter. Uh, Celtics, Celtics are taking this. Yeah. I mean, I feel like this series was the one that's a bit more affected due to no home court. I think it would be a different conversation if... Considering the Raptors did have home court advantage, um, it would be a different series. They would have that I, Nav Batia guy. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. They'd also have Drake. Don't forget about oh, Drake. Oh, my God. I, I haven't thought about Drake in so long. <laughs> yeah. I also think that this game winner kind of like, it brings the team back to life. Like, they're okay. going to be coming yeah. into that game yeah. next game. Like, I honestly, I picked them to win the next game. Definitely. Uh, if I had to bet, I would bet on them for sure, because it just brings them back to life. As well, the Celtics are now going to come into the next game super like down on but themselves. But when I watch these games, I just don't see where the Raptors' offense comes from. Like I would. Dude, no, I think um, I wanted, Siakam, the, I wanted the Raptors to win, but Siakam no, I, can't, yeah, Siakam, he just faded. Like he used to be. He was an All Star. He was that, a starter. This is not his game, though. Like he can't. He can't ISO on someone and get a bucket when you need it. And that's what you need uh, in the playoffs. He definitely can do that. I mean, he hasn't I mean, been doing it in this series. Yeah, yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. He just faded off in the series. Okay, yeah, that, that's fair, yeah. Fred, Fred Van Vliet's been having a pretty rough series, right? I mean, he was good game three. He dropped 25 game three, but yeah. uh, first two games, he wasn't shooting the ball well. Um, and neither was Kyle Lowry, right? Or not, sorry, not, not Lowry, uh, Powell. Was it yeah, Powell? Norm Powell. Yeah, Powell. Wait, Andy, Andy, can you go back Powell. to uh, what do you think Siakam's skill set is as a basketball player? Because I, I see him as just as a driver. And if he can't drive, then it's over. He doesn't have an outside shot or a mid-range shot, and he can't really facilitate. I think he's a really shitty Giannis. Like, 
He's obviously not as athletic, but that's the same skill set. He can shoot better than Giannis. He can shoot a yeah. little better than Giannis. Yeah, he can yeah, shoot a little better. He's a shooter. So he can shoot shooter. I'm trying to remember, like, last I don't, year. I mean, at least not falling right now. It's not falling now. No, he has had a mid-range game, like, in this okay. season. Um, okay. But yeah, I agree. This series has been rough for him, and it's it's pretty clear. Yeah, that, it's showing up. Yeah, yeah, that uh, Tatum is the superior player here. I mean, who is he getting defended by though? Um, Probably Jalen Brown, if I had to guess. Jaylen and he's Brown. a really good defender. I mean, that might be the case. Like, who's gutting Jason Tatum in this series? I'm not sure. Probably OG. OG. I mean, yeah, I feel like Jason's. Just, I mean, Jason's just really good. Like, yeah, I mean, Jason really... and offense comes from Kemba Walker too. There's just no source of off like. Offense, if you're not getting transition buckets and you're not hitting your threes, which the Raptors aren't doing right now, unless unless they generate you know automatic offense from someone else, it's not happening. I think you Norm know, Powell like, is the key, dude. I'm Norm, Powell. Norm Powell is the key. I think it's Van Vliet, dude. Van Vliet was shooting out of his mind last yeah. year against the Warriors. So so yeah, Van Vliet and Powell have both came up huge, um, like last uh, playoff run and then first round as well. Those two are both putting up numbers. Uh, I think so. Van Vliet put something up. He he put up twenty five last game, so he might be back in his rhythm. You know, his his saw his kids, he saw his yeah. kids, yeah, saw his yeah. children. Uh, so I think Powell, if Powell can step it up, this series will be interesting again. But I agree with Rowett. I think the way it continues now, I think the Celtics can win this in five. No, I mean, yeah, like the talent they have in their guards, um, as well as like they're not there's no home court advantage. Like they're literally just playing basketball at the park at that point, and they just have the best better team. So like. Yeah, yeah. I'm be honest with you. I'm kind of, I'm kind of digging this no, uh, this neutral ground. I, I don't like the lack of fans, but I like the neutral ground on the games. I feel like. What do you like about the neutral ground? The lack of travel or the? So I feel like the players. Yeah, well, lack of travel has obviously got to be really nice for the players, but I think it's also just allowing us to see who the better team is, like just in a vacuum. And I think that's a. I think we always see who the better team is in in the NBA. Yeah, that's They're true. Like, I don't. Do I feel like home field advantage, like especially because it's seven, right? Like o- over the course of seven games, it kind of balances itself out. Like in the NFL, one game is like like obviously there's so much variance in one game, but like I understand why it's one game because football is a much more physical sport. But no, I I honestly would rather have seen the fans because it's just so much more hype, dude. Like, yeah, no, that's for, that's for sure. Like yeah. the announcers go a lot more crazy. Uh, like you got the fans just screaming wildly. Like Jurassic Park just goes wild whenever. You like got, you got Drake like, running onto the court like he's yeah. a player. I'm, yeah, I, I do miss Drake. I think I think the Raptors would have done. I think that. the Raptors do miss Drake. Yeah, yeah. They, the, should, the, they should have one of the players in. as a guest. Van Vliet. He just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's, that's my that's my that's my cousin right there. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I would be interested to. I would, I, want, I really want to see the Warriors in this vacuum. Of That'd course, be pretty interesting. Dude. I think that there's a glut of the Warriors right now. But I think oh. it'd be nice to see the Warriors in the East, if that makes sense. I want to see the Lakers and the Clippers play out, and I want to see the Warriors in the East. Because mm. the East feels like just really good teams right now. The the the, the, yeah. the Celtics, the Raptors, and the the Heat. I'm not going to count the Bucks in yet, because they're not they're not built as a good team team, right? They're built around Giannis. Uh, but like the, the Warriors, no, the 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 Bucks. <laughs> no, 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 we'll are, talk about that. We'll I talk about, about, no, no, no. Talk about this that. is not even recency bias. The Bucks are built around Giannis the same way the the Lakers are built around LeBron and the Clippers are built around Kawhi. But I don't think the Celtics are built around Tatum the same way. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. They're, those yeah, are like fair. good yeah. teams. So I feel like the East is a little more teams, and the West is a little more, you know, one player man, dependent, yeah. superstar, uh, superstar power, dependent. Yeah. 
And I would put the Warriors yeah. in the on the right on the east side of that, in my opinion. Even though they do have Curry, when when he's playing uh, as he normally does without KD and whatever, I feel like that's more of a team than just built around Curry in that way. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, I I hundred percent agree. All right, let's talk about the Bucks then, because uh, the odd man out and the odd team out in the East here. Uh, the Heat have taken a three nothing lead on the fake one seed. I would say yeah. no one saw it coming, but seven out of fifteen ESPN and analysts or something picked the including Heat, including us, including no, us. We, yeah. we definitely called including it. Us. We picked the the Heat. I didn't think well, it would be this. We didn't pick. I, yeah, I don't know bad. if we picked the Heat, but we we definitely said. I, I definitely thought the Heat would make some noise. Like I, I like my the original pick was Heat the same way the Mavs made noise against the Clippers, right? Like yeah, that's what I yeah, expected. Yeah. I expected them no, to but take like, no, 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 I, I expected them to win. I feel like the Heat just match up super well with the Bucks. Yeah, that's that's true. that was a concept. Like I just thought uh, Adebayo and like Jimmy. The just, shooters, or, dude. The shooters. What's the what's the Bucks defensive philosophy? Will protect the paint at all costs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the Heat want to shoot, right? So they they have yeah. like three forty percent shooters just draining away, and it's over. yeah. You have Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, you like Jay Crowder, Crowder contributing as splashing. well. Like, yeah. And then when when Drogic is playing really when well, when the team too, offense like, when the team offense turns off and it gets tough, the shots aren't falling. They got Jimmy to rely on, and Jimmy's got that dog mentality, man. This is Ishis's guy. This is this is the man right here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's really showing it out. I'm I'm so happy for him. I was always a fan of his, and then his name kind of got dragged through the mud with the whole wolves and the stuff, Sixers yeah. stuff. And then now now he's flourishing, and it's just beautiful to watch. It's a match made in heaven, dude. Pat Riley and uh, and Jimmy Butler, they yep. they both really like each other. Do you guys see them going to the finals, possibly? I would, I, would, I, I think them and first, if if we're assuming Celtics, I think you know that's anyone series as of right now. The way the Heat are playing, the confidence that they'll hypothetically gain if they finish this series out, like dude, Jimmy guarding Jason one on one, dude. Oh my god, dude, Jimmy Butler and Marcus Smart on the same court. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> it's over. They're just gonna, you know how like when when one player jumps out and like throws the ball back in. The yeah. other one's gonna catch it, jump out, catch it, and jump out, catch it, and jump. They're just gonna keep going, dude. Oh, man. The chip, the chip on the the shoulders will be too heavy for. They've got whole bags hand. of lays on the shoulders, man. Yeah. Family sized bag of Doritos each. Yeah, dude. Straight up, like whenever the ball falls on, like like when the balls are rolling, it's like, <laughs> like gonna be like a, it's gonna be like a fumble in the NFL. Like everyone yeah, just yeah. dog falls on it. Yeah, straight up. No, but like let's let's not write the bucks off just yeah, yet. They're down three nothing. Let's talk a little bit about old. it. Um, I personally don't think this is Giannis's fault at all. I think he's going to get absolutely destroyed in the media, especially if he hoists his back to back MVP award mm-hmm. after getting swept. swept. But yeah. he's yeah. definitely yeah. getting destroyed. This looking like it right now. Um, I don't think this is his fault at all. Um, yeah, his, I mean. Oh, I, man. I just feel like I just feel like the Bucks are a regular season team. Um, like I don't know, like they're just not making the proper adjustments. They're playing through one guy, uh, as we kind of mentioned before, Giannis. Obviously, very good, but when crunch time comes around, who do you give the ball to? I feel because like Chris Middleton it, has been their most consistent player. Yeah, because like Giannis, like. 
he can't make a mid-range shot and clutch shots are generally tougher like they're just not going to let you just drive into the paint and dunk it all over them like you're re- you're relying on Chris Middleton granted he is an all-star but he, he's just not the same level of talent that Giannis is and um I, I also kind of want to talk about Mike Budenholzer um but do you guys go ahead, any, go ahead. yeah go ahead yeah, we'll, we'll all yeah. blend together in it yeah we'll all talk about Mike yeah here. like uh I, I kind of talked about this before on some of our some of our other group chats but like I, I think Mike Budenholzer is also a like a, a regular season coach. Um, I want to go back to this uh, Hawks like 14-15 season. I think that was they won sixty games and just got obliterated by LeBron. Like, granted, it is LeBron, but like, I'm pretty sure it was a sweep, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and, and Budenholzer didn't make any adjustments. He's like, yeah, like no, I th- I think whatever we're doing is is fine. L- let's just keep going. And you kind of see it in this series as well. Um, I don't know if he said anything egregious recently, like after this game, but um, it just doesn't seem like they're adjusting to anything that the Heat are doing. They're still they're still riding with their defensive philosophy that oh, we just let Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero just shoot wherever they want. Um, yeah, I, I I think Mike Budenholzer needs to change his ways if if he wants to be considered and the minutes, coach. man. The minutes are the biggest thing for me, man. Did like, you guys see the minutes have... I just put in in here? By the way, yeah, I'm exactly it. Yeah, Giannis is playing 36 minutes a game, and Middleton is also playing. He's playing like 35 minutes a game. Like it's the playoffs. Your your best player is supposed to be playing 40 some minutes a game. You have Kyle Lowry who's hurt, and he's like 30 something, and he was he played like 43, 44 minutes in a must-win game for the Raptors in Game 3. This was a must-win game for the Bucks, And yeah. Giannis was, again, only playing 36 minutes. It's like they're load-managing him for the offseason. Well, th- this guy is like the Tom, Th- like the anti-Tom Thibodeau. Yeah, exactly. I don't understand. And it's not like Giannis is out of shape. Giannis is probably like he one of the best athletes in the league. He can definitely handle what it. I mean, like, they were saying that maybe he was injured today, but hey, fine, take today. But, like, last two games, he's not playing... At, he was playing 33 minutes in game one when you're losing. Like, that is unacceptable. Yeah. LeBron's out and, here playing 48 in game seven against the Celtics. Jamal Murray played the entire second half down 3-1. Yeah, you have to have your best player on the court longer. And Dude, I mean, yeah, um, I, I mean, Giannis was injured, but I mean, Budenhoser has the idea of like ball movement in team basketball, and he just stuck with it throughout the series. But I think if you have Giannis and he is as talented as he is, the ball has to go through him when they need it to go. And when they uh, need on, it, the, to go on the defensive end too, like there are some adjustments have to be made. You can't like regardless of the whole put Giannis on Butler thing. I think that's that's purely a coaching decision. That's their scheme. But you can't be letting you know three point three point shots just rain on a team that this that's this good at shooting threes. Like that's a strategy that works against the Hornets against. You know the Cavs. Yeah. You'll you'll the, rack the up teams, yeah. you'll rack up net rating against those teams all year, but you know that's a, that's there's no one size fits all in the playoffs. Like this is the exact team built for that. Like we've mentioned before, he's got to do something, and it's not on Giannis. Giannis can't change the scheme. Giannis can't like I guess he can demand to be kept in. Yeah, I think he should demand to be kept in. Yeah, that's I, fair. If if he wants to win, he needs to demand that. Uh, and I I think he has more pull with the Bucks than Budenholzer does. Like if it came down to it, if it really, if we're going like drastic here and saying if the I mean Bucks it's going to be drastic this next game, they have yeah. to do it, right? Yeah. So if just considering it, if if there's a dispute here and uh, Budenholzer wants to hold him, but Giannis wants to play, 
and Putin, yeah, they'll, Putin they'll, they'll go back to Giannis for sure. You yeah, me? it'll go back to Giannis. So I think he needs to like demand that. I feel like that's the thing. Like LeBron has that kind of deal, right? He demands that kind of attention, and he demands the ball go through him at the in crunch time. So I think Giannis has to do the same. Dude, no, yeah. When the game's on the line, you have to like this is a must-win situation. Yeah. Why in God's name is Eric Bledsoe or Chris Middleton have the ball in their hands? <laughs> Not Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton's Chris good. Middleton. Like Eric, Eric no, Bledsoe. but like, dude, yeah. Giannis has to have the ball in his hands. He's their, by far their best player, and he. Yeah, no, no, no. This is the thing, though. Like, this is like this is the thing about Giannis. He can't create his own shot unless it's wide. Yeah, in like, crunch, in wide crunch time. In crunch need, time, you need a good shot, and Giannis can dri- drive to the paint. You get those transition buckets. You'll euro step when the defense isn't fully set. But now the defense is set, right? What is he supposed to do? He can't euro step from a standstill. He can't shoot. So, just by the nature of the player that he is right now, he can't have the ball in crunch time. And when you can't have your best player have the ball in crunch time, that's when you end up with Eric Bledsoe, George Hill with the ball. And I, I think what Giannis is right now is uh, not as good of a facilitator, but kind of how LeBron was in his early years before the the when he went to Miami, kind of developed a post better post game, a better jump shot. Uh, he was like languishing away in the east getting balanced in the playoffs getting swept in the finals I and mean, granted he made the finals but like an a- athletic freak who couldn't really score in the clutch and we have to remember Giannis is only 25 he's got a long long career ahead of him so yeah he's but, only been in the league for like four years no, he's been in the league for like so, six six years but like he's only six been, years okay. yeah, he's drafted yeah. in 2013 but like, yeah, okay. He's been only good for like. He like has he has more years. to grow. Like he he has many more facets of his game to add, and maybe you know he doesn't do anything this season. But people are like really hating on Giannis, and I think that's just the 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 pendulum swinging the other way. He was kind of not hated on at all for like his first six years. He was like the darling of the NBA. He came up, put the crown on his head against LeBron, and people were like, oh, finally we have a LeBron challenger because people were so tired of LeBron. But the thing about making it to the top of the mountain is that once you're at the top of the mountain, people are going to try and start kicking you off. And that's and when when you do show signs of cracking, like it's open season. Yeah, I mean, we can also talk about like the the Bucks kind of messing this whole thing up, whether it's the coach or it's the honest or whatever. But I mean, the Heat have been playing crazy well too. Sure, sure, sure. But if the yeah. if if the Bucks the Bucks are the they have the best player in the series. Yeah, and there's yeah. the, no, the heat should like, not be if the Bucks. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I think you were about to say if the Bucks were doing what they're supposed to be doing, they win this series. Yeah, the, the, this he- would not be a series like uh, yeah. at any rate. Like if the Bucks you have the do MVP. what they. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That should be. But it. I think Eric Spolstra is doing a tremendous job, um, kind of copying the Raptors' formula, just clogging the paint so Giannis sees five people at all times. And they've got really good Giannis bodies, if that makes sense. They've got like people that can match up lengthwise, strengthwise with, you know, Bam, Iggy, Jay Crowder, and sometimes Derek Jones Butler, Jr. too. Derek Jones Jr. He was splashing some threes today, I noticed that. Yeah. Uh I think uh I think Jimmy Butler today actually outscored the Bucks in the fourth. Yeah. Like, I mean, the Bucks scored like thirteen, 13. points. Right? Yeah, he scored seventeen, yeah. but like Man. they scored thirteen. That's that's unacceptable. That that just that just come. That's that's poor coaching, right? If you're all year, your coaching is is oh, let's dominate and transition. Let's let Giannis, you know, get those easy fifteen points a game. Now, now is when. How do you generate offense when they take away your number one option? This is every, every in all across sports. 
whether you're looking at an edge rusher going against a left tackle in football. How do you generate a sack when the left tackle knows your best move is a swim move? How do you generate a layup when they know your crossover is coming, like with Harden? You have to set up a step back. You have to set up a floater. You have to have counter punches, especially in the playoffs. No counter punches on this team. Your weaknesses get uh, magnified, get exploited a lot more in the playoffs because you're playing the same team for seven games in a row. They're going to figure out. Not in this out. case. <laughs> yeah, not in this case. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it feels like Budnozer didn't really do his planning that well. I feel like Eric Spurster, like looked at every single matchup and see the, he saw his team's strengths and what they could use to exploit the Bucks. Whereas like I feel like if you have Giannis, I think he's talented enough where if you plan enough, and a good coach or like a good team could come up with ways to like get him the ball in right spots or like open things up for his teammates as well. But Chris Ball on this team would be lethal. That's what <laughs> I'm saying. They'd be lethal, dude. They have yeah. they, literally they they're like what is it? Complementary pieces. Everything that Giannis can do, Chris Ball can't, and the other way around. Lob City point two. Oh my god. Not oh my not god. point two. Two point oh. Two point oh. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anything else to add? I, I think this series is wraps. That's that's. You all think I it's over? You think it's over you're, four? You're taking the Raptors in this series, Andy. That doesn't oh. make any sense. <laughs> Wait for which? What? You think the Bucks are? Uh, you think the the Heat are winning this in four? Yeah. I don't know about four, but they're definitely winning this I, series. I, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm saying four. I wouldn't be it's surprised at four either. I've been surprised this entire way, and like every time I check my phone, I'm like, oh my god, Heat won again. They won again. They're doing they it again? again. No way. <laughs> so I mean, Giannis's injury probably is gonna. Nah. Finish this. I mean, he's not gonna do much, especially with the, like he was grimacing every time he like. Hey, this scored. is the this is the stage for playoff moments, though. Yeah, dude. No, I think I, saw, no. I don't think it's happening either. Three I mean, yeah, goals. sure, sure. I don't think it's happening either. But like, this is the stage. I think they're gonna lose the next game, like with especially with the injury. Uh, like, I don't see anything that would suggest the Bucks can come back and do anything. That's the thing. Yeah, same thing with the Raptors for me. By the way. I think that series is over. Yeah, I mean, the Raptors, I think they, no, the games are at least close and like they could create offense because like, they have like so many, the ball, like they don't have one player where everything revolves around. So I think they can create stuff. I, I think they can take, an, yeah, I think the Raps can take another game for sure. I don't think you see them taking the series. That's my point. Dude, no, I mean, yeah, if they no, win I the next game, so. like if they win the next game, I mean, it's up for grabs at that point. And I think they have momentum on their side right now with this game where. Whatever momentum means in the bubble. Yes, facts, facts. All right. Um, anything else you want to talk about in this series? No, Any uh, final points here? Yeah, I mean, I I think uh, again, it's gonna be. <laughs> it's weird, man. East is always just feels like, for like one way or another, it's gonna be a quick series, and then the West is something else. I mean, I think these series are all going to be quick. I think the real the real juice now is in the third round. Yeah. Yeah. I was excited for the second round, especially yeah. in the East. But, East. man, it's kind of disappointing me, it's to a, be very it's honest. It's hard to predict, man. It's hard yeah. to predict in here. Yeah. That's why it's, why it's exciting. It would yeah, be think... very boring to watch if everything was uh, panned out the way it was. No, I, I disagree with that, Andy. To. I disagree with that, Andy. I, I I wanted the Jazz and the Nuggets to go to seven, and it went to seven, and shit was exciting, <laughs> man. I wanted the Thunder and Rockets to go to seven, went to seven, shit was exciting. Okay, sure, sure, sure. But, like, I mean, like, if you see, like, the Bucks are... Uh, okay, I, I guess I kind of see your point. I think with the vacuum, I mean, like, if a team is better, they're just going to win every game. Like, 
there's no home court advantage that can swing things in either direction. Like the Celtics are better, they're just gonna win. Like there's nothing yeah. in a vacuum that you can do about it. Same thing with Miami. I mean same thing with the Clippers as well. Like no home court advantage is gonna change that. No mile high altitude. Exactly. Like, it's harder to breathe up there, dude. It's gonna get gassed. Uh, <laughs> shout out Melvin. You think that's gonna affect Kawhi? <laughs> he just he, he just increased his oxygen filter on his cyborg. Tank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was fun. That's what I'm saying, man. Playoff Kawhi, best player in the world. All right, that is gonna do it for us. Thank you all for listening. Um, I mean, these playoffs have been great. We're gonna keep making these. Uh, episodes as long as these playoffs continue so stay tuned for that if you want to support the podcast check the link in spotify and you can see how you can do it from there uh but other than that we'll catch all in the next episode see ya